third and one. Gaskin behind Jacob Kaiser explodes. There goes Miles Gaskin. Will they track him down? Inside the 10. He's in. Touchdown on an explosion from Miles Gaskin. An 80 yard touchdown. His third of the game. Welcome back to the Husky Fan Podcast. We're here to recap that great Apple Cup victory. It was one for the ages, right, Jimmy? <laughs> the biggest Apple Cup since uh, since the fall of Rome. It was so big, so massive, that uh, our fearless Brock and Salk spent a whopping six minutes on a three-hour broadcast about the game. <laughs> and then... You have in the afternoon of, oh, Danny Boy and good old Bitter Coog, Jim Moore spent four minutes on it where Jim lost a bet and had to read something that Danny had wrote for him. It was sizzling local media of what was billed as the biggest Apple Cup in the history of all of football and Apple Cups. The local media was just all over it. We this, can get to that later. Yeah, this this regarding Jim Moore, like this this typifies the just. Well, I was going to say the difference between Cougs and Huskies, but when he was like there, he was doing a little preview with Brock, you know, a couple days before, and I think he was opining on what it would mean to win the game, and he was just talking about beating the Huskies. Like mm. he did, he didn't say, "Well, we'd have a chance to go to the Rose Bowl." You know, we could go to the Rose Bowl. Like, that's the first thing in my mind. We have a chance to win the conference and go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, yep. oh, winning the Apple Cup and beating the Cougs, I mean, that that just really doesn't matter that much to me. I know it gets played up by the media because it's a rivalry and everything, but, I mean, to me, that's just, I, I, I don't think that way as a fan. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, not not to, not to toot my own horn, because um, I will get into a couple areas of the game where I was absolutely incensed. Shout out to you for uh, the accurate prediction, by the way. Well, if if you hadn't, if you weren't aware, Chess, a couple days ahead uh, before, I had a post called "Coog Killer Gaskin," and I wanted straight up the gut thirty carries for Gaskin, no lateral bullshit. Hunter Bryant down the seam, and then our front three making life hell for Minchie, 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 Minchie. No more stash talk. And I guess what? I'm figuring Hamden reads my stuff because we pretty much got that formula uh, in the game. We they finally, you know, we know who's writing Hamden's checks, and that's Mr. Miles Gaskin, MMFG hashtag. Uh, it was a straight pounding. Now, granted, there were a couple of moments of contention. I, we, we can jump into it whenever, but I will say this. There, and we talked about this, too, before, Jess, is we expected this coaching staff to challenge this defense, challenge the offense. And this is what's amazing about college football, just the emotion and the energy and the way you can create a mindset which in a way, too, makes the season in a nutshell a little agonizing. Um, and I, I'm sorry for some of you that want to keep it all bowls of cherries and never want to go negative. There is some negative things that we'll have to talk about. 
Um, that's just the nature of things. You can't all you can't just point out the good because there was some areas that that were very frustrating. But there was no question the return of Hunter Bryant was an impact to this team. Uh, the physicality and uh, isn't it amazing, Chess, that Hilbers goes down and who do you have to bring in behind him? Good old seventy-two, <laughs> Trey Adams. And Pro Football Focus had him as the fifth highest-rated Husky as far as performance in that game. So he he was he was beasting guys. He looked beasting. like his old self. And you know, shout out to Jacob Kaiser. I mean, we talk about Miles and how you know impressive he is and the coup killer that he is, and and the greatest Husky maybe of all time. I think he's now in the discussion in at least my mind. Uh, but you know, Jacob Kaiser had an amazing block. They executed. Now you like to talk about execution, Jess. You don't like to blame the play caller. But on this call, let's shout out to Hamden and shout out to Jacob Kaiser. They executed to precision. I mean, he popped that guy. Gaskin gave a little wiggle and then just went. And that number four guy for the Cougs, apparently the snow was just such a massive impact on the game. Uh, This guy almost tracked Gaskin down. That was impressive, but I loved how he slid into the end zone and just held the ball up and had that smile on yeah when well, the guy was a it gaskin was had great awareness when the guy was about was about to lunge for him gaskin yep. you could see yep. he put his you know he just grabbed the ball with both hands and you know held it tightly as he went to the ground yep that was my worry my worry during that run i said you know i was saying you know shit the guy's gonna i was thinking shit the guy's gonna track him down and you know we're gonna have red zone issues or the guy's gonna <laughs> Or the guy's going to cause a fumble. So I was I wasn't celebrating until and until he was in the end zone. But uh, well, that was a fantastic play. And I, you know, and again, I think that was just proof of you know the difference in philosophy. You know, Washington wanted to out physical him. Um, they were the more balanced team. Um, you know, and this bullshit about Salk and people talking about if it was sunny weather it'd be a different game. Well, yeah, it would have meant more points for Washington, in my opinion. Yeah, it would have been a bigger blowout. Like, Washington probably would have had about 20 more points in the Cougs, maybe 7 or 10. And, it just, I mean, when I said the score, I said 47-27. I mean, seriously, if Browning doesn't throw the pick on that first drive, Gaskin probably goes in there. So you're at you're at what uh, 34, and then Ahmed left. You know, Ahmed. Yeah, we could we could have scored. We could have scored, but we we you know did the classy thing. He yeah. he, he was just one more you know broken tackle. He had to yeah, break no, one he more tackle. Scored. He pulled up. He he pulled up. He was he was going to score, but he he out of respect and you know, taking marching orders, uh, did not punch it in. Um, and I do, I mean, I know I've kind of gone all over the place at the start, but I do want to get into that last drive. But I know you're kind of the MC, my friend, so you, you let no, me know. We, we can get into it. it, but just one thing I was going to point out, this is where, you know, the advanced metrics come in, where you look at uh, Bill Connolly, like his adjusted scoring margin for the game had us uh, winning, winning by 30. So that just shows you how how much we dominated, you know, based on his system and that's happened in a lot of games this year where uh going back like arizona state won by seven his adjusted scoring margin was 22 byu his adjusted scoring margin was 39 for that game it it, it did have us beating auburn by one and oregon by three and 
It did have us losing to Stanford, his adjusted scoring margin. But that, I just, I don't mean to babble on about that, but that just re- reflects that we outplayed them far by far more than uh, than that th- thirteen than point the score. score. And th- yeah. they actually, yeah, the snow actually, um, you know, they actually some astute posters and tweeters pointed that out. Like when it really started snow, it was fourteen nothing. Then it really started snowing. And Wazoo outscored us 15 to 14 at that point. So it just—I mean—the idea that snow had played any played any significant role in them losing the game was just horseshit. Yeah, and and here's the other thing: when you talk about the metrics and and all these things that you know, I know some of us take a, you take a hard time for at times. But granted, you look at the people that seriously that people tune into and listen on the shit radio talk about. Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter. Like, I shit you not, for hours on end. Hours on end. There is no substance to anything they bring to the table on any of the programs. I mean, it's it's seriously pathetic. I mean, no breakdown, no looking back. I mean, oh, well, you know, the weather and the snow, it made it wild out there. It was was just, you know, just, you know, there it is. There it is again, you know. And, you know, Jimmy Lake talking smack after the game. Like, uh, I mean, seriously, that's just some poor-ass radio. It's poor. Yeah, it, it really is horrible. It, it's, it's a travesty in this, it's in this market. <laughs> You're it's right. Atrocious. What, what's that word again? Atrocious. Yeah, I just I and, can't get over how ridiculous. I mean, what an excuse for Salt. Like, he has no fucking idea what he's talking about. Uh, it's just it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I mean, so uh, how does that make any sense? We're looking at the passing stats, and one team had a shitload of yards on a few passes, and another team had a shitload of passes in a few yards. I mean, w- w- where does this come into play that, like, the, the good weather is going to help, you know, <laughs> that's going to help, you know, the team that's being dominated in the pass game, but it's not going to help the team that, you know, threw for like 200 yards on its first five or six passes. Well, and, uh, you know, shout out to Peyton Pelour for being a coog that has lost six tackles. Yeah, it's kind of harsh. I saw that Helinski was his best friend, and when I saw that tweet, I felt bad for the guy. I was like, oh, that is kind of rough. Oof. Ooh, that's, that, yeah. That's, okay. Well, we'll leave that one but, alone. That's, all right, let's, let's talk about, um, and look, I mean, Jimmy, we talked about it during the year. This wasn't that great of a team, but... Mm-hmm. Look, you get Trey Adams back, you mm-hmm. get Hunter Bryant back, you get uh, Gaskin healthy again, uh, and you get DJ Beavers on defense. Jimmy, this team is healthier than it was for the Auburn game. Other yeah. than, I mean, other than like I think losing Quentin Pounds, Chico, and uh, right. Joiner, like those are probably like if e- e- even even considering those guys, we're healthier than we were for the Auburn game right now. It's a different team. This is all the magazines they had this being like a top five, top seven right. team. Like we're we're like ninety seven percent, ninety five percent close to that team. Whereas a month ago we were probably like seventy percent of that team or seventy five percent of that team. I mean, I can only imagine your sweatpants after the Hunter Bryant drive where he just. <laughs> I was thinking about saying that, but just continue. I, I'm touching my <laughs> cock right now, but just continue. <laughs> Well, just 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 the absolute dominance of him just taking over that drive. Um, I mean, his hands are so strong. I mean, that that guy is so incredibly strong and so polished. 
I, I'm telling. I mean, any NFL scout that's watching that. I mean, they, Hunter Bryant just went up like their list of priorities. Like they just shot through the roof. I mean, his. I mean, if you watch, did you watch the route though? He like ran over and then he stopped. He paused and then he he went again and then Browning hit him. He was like already full stride, and then he goes for 59 yards and yeah. then Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and then Fuller just drops the ball to him. No one around him. Like. You know, you better you better keep an eye on that guy after that play, and then you know, easy score. Uh, I mean, that guy. I mean, we talked about him when he came in about just the inducing he was, you know, causing the boards and every Husky fan. I mean, the, that he is so incredibly good. I mean, that's. I don't want to get into the argument of registering or not, but there's that guy is. That guy is probably... He's not going to be here for five years. He's, he's going to be gone. He has a mildly decent year next year and is healthy. Uh, I mean, hes you'd have to consider him as a first-round draft pick. I mean, he is so damn good. And that, and that kind of play, I, I thought that was the play of the game, honestly. Yep. Um, third and 16, credit yep. to Jake um, because he actually bought some time. And, uh, you know, moved around a little bit. He, he did, uh, he made plays like that in the Auburn game, like three or four times where he was facing pressure. He kind of eluded it and he made some smart decisions. So, I mean, that, he did a good job there. But Hunter Bryant, I mean, he broke two or three tackles. Like, I'm, I don't want to diminish our other tight ends, but Sample or Kate Otten, they're not getting a 55-yard game, 59-yard gain on that play. Whatever well, it was, so I mean, explosive. He had a chance to score on that play. No, he, he is, he is absolutely explosive. And then, and then Fuller short-armed the pass, and so I mean that's not an easy. I, I mean, again, not to diminish our other tight ends, but that's if that's not Hunter Bryant, like that's with another receiver or tight end, that's like a 50-50 ball. Like that was not an easy catch. You had to pluck that, you know, from his uh, kneecaps. Well, and that's the thing that, you know, Peterson was saying about Hunter Bryan. His hands are so strong. I mean, you can just see it, how he catches the ball. It's like, once he gets his hands on that thing, it's like glue. Uh, I mean, that's what the, the the play, he had that play against, uh, what was that big play? Was it against Oregon State, that yeah. deep pass? Yeah. I mean, he had to go up for that ball and get it. And he kind of had to tiptoe. Uh, up there to get that cat, and he just snagged it out of the air. It looked like it was an overthrow. It, it was, yeah. He had to go up and get it. I mean, he he saved Browning on that catch. Um, but hey, really quick for you too, Andre Bocelli, I thought had his best game as a Husky. He had five for eighty nine. I mean, he he had those uh, those little you know out out those screen passes. Uh, yeah, they're starting. Yeah, he's replacing Chico in that regard. Yeah, that little the, the bubble screen, whatever you want to call them, the, the the tunnels. It's not really a tunnel screen, but where they they get a couple blockers in front of them. Um, but that deep ball, I mean, Browning after the game said he threw a duck, um, but you know he got it. He the really? thing about it though, that's what he called it. But the you know it had a little wobble on the ball, whatever. But you know what? Bocelli didn't have to slow down. Yeah, he hit him in stride. He hit him in stride. So I don't care necessarily how the ball gets there i i want it that's the anticipation that's what you want to see give your receiver a chance to continue to run after the catch and that's what he did um and it was so funny is <laughs> you know the the conditions were fine and washington was rolling um and then you know i was saying like you know they did get washington did benefit with you know them plowing the field in the second half to come out and get the ball um i think they scored 
did they score on the no, first? No, no, they scored. Um, well, both times they scored, they did not have to drive the length of the field. The first yeah. one was um, that they had, they got a kickoff return to the to our forty five yard line. And oh, you talking the Cougs? Yeah, I mean they did not even go. Yeah, there are two touchdowns. They did not even go fifty yards. Oh, right. I don't think. Yeah, and, no, then the, and then the Browning, uh, the terrible turnover, like right before that so, play. No, uh, oh, go ahead. No, that's what I, I mean. You know, I'll get to one of my. I, 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 this is this is why I was. This was one when when Browning fumbled on that third and six. I think it was third and sixteen on that fumble or third twelve. That was third quarter with six minutes left to go in the game. I lost. My shit, because I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> okay, you got to go, you got to convert a long third down. You can play field position. The Cougs have, there's no way in the world that they're going to be able to drive the length of the field against the defense. Yeah, and by the and, way, that's the same, that's the same, that goes for Utah's offense too. But we'll get into that later yeah. or before but the game. I, go ahead. I was losing my mind. I'm thinking like, can I, can I read the text? No. Me? no, no, don't read <laughs> let it. Me, let me read don't it. Don't read it. All right, I won't read it. All right, out of respect, I won't read it. No, but right right before that play, like, metric superiority guy said, you know, just hand it off to Miles and punt. Yeah, no, I was I was, uh, I, I was, was going down the, the rabbit hole of, the, of, of, of despair and anger. And, well, because and what I was really incensed about, too, in, in the first quarter, on the first drive, the way we were just plungering, just dominating, and then Browning decides to throw a ball in the middle of the field. Field that is low. He didn't even put it up in the air, and he's going to Ty Jones. Not even like utilizing his height, like lasering it into there, into the middle of the end zone. Thinking to myself, I, you know, because that's. And how did he not see? I mean, it seemed like the guy who picked that off, he was, like, behind the ref. He was behind the receiver. He was behind the goalpost. I mean, why did he Why did he fucking throw it? And the thing was, for me, though, not only that, that, like, was so mind-boggling was the fact that the way the Kook season had been going and they'd been kind of getting this monkey off their back or whatever, the narrative of the Fairtown, all that shit. Like, I felt like, you know, Washington, that gave him a boatload of confidence, right? Like, I felt like that kind of would change the complexion of the game. Obviously, I was not wrong, not right in that thought process. But just, you had the opportunity. You're pounding it down. I don't even care, you know, how you get there. Even for the field goal, don't turn the ball over there. Do not get, do not lose an opportunity to score right out of the gate. I mean, that's, that's, that's a will-crushing situation. And granted, I mean, it worked out, right? The Cougs got down there and Leach, crazy ass Leach, fourth and one. Then you get the bobble, the bad snap, and then obviously they, you know, it's even at that juncture. But I just felt like that fumble there. I'm thinking, why not play the field position situation there? I mean, if you want to read the text, you can read the text. But I was basically like, we're gonna fucking blow this. You know, this is not gonna go our way because I was just like so incensed. Like, how could you? in your right mind you know have an opportunity for them to make a play there and obviously they did but it, you know it didn't matter in the end but it just to me it didn't make any I, for Peterson in that regard I thought for sure he'd play it safe 
But, you know, Browning had two, like, really, what could have been really, you know, bad turnovers. Um, but, you know, what was so boggling too, Chess, though, when we looked at some of the, like, prognosticators breaking down this game, like, how off the mark was Brock Hewitt on this game on so many levels? And, and just pulling, like, bizarre stats out of his, you know what, in regards to, you know, yards after catch that Washington was giving up. Uh, you know, he picked a th- and that's the other thing, like all these people thinking that the Cougs were gonna score in the high thirties. Oh yeah, ridiculous. All these people thinking they were gonna put up Okay, if you're gonna say like thirty points, like, you know, I'm not gonna call you crazy, but like high thirties to like low forties. Like I just don't I just didn't see how that was gonna be possible in this game. And you know it was here you go again though when Rapon was I mean if Rap <laughs> yeah. yeah he could have it was like the Oregon game when Buda Baker picked off. That's yeah, that's exactly what Co- uh, I think. Uh, shout out to uh, Redmond Longhorn at CFB Data, college football data guy. That's what he was saying. Like it would have been a replay. Of yeah, it would have been like Buda Baker picking the you know, and that could have been, you know, where you were just looking at a chance to route these guys. I just, you know, Minchie looked really tight. Minchie did not look comfortable to start that game, and I'm certain that he did not. Obviously, care for rap stepping in his lane there, and you're just thinking to yourself at that juncture, like, oof, they still, you know, and that, you know, it's amazing that Jimmy Lake goes on afterward and is like leads, <laughs> runs the same offense uh, year in year out, no wrinkle, no curveball, nothing, same offense, and you know, I know like Jim Moore is just incensed with Jimmy's like comments. I don't know why he's so bothered about it. I mean, Jimmy Lake's basically telling, like, Leach, you know, like, give me something else to game plan for. I don't, I don't, he's not saying anything, like, completely out of line. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I mean, they, they should have, yeah, they should have, they should have thrown in some, some runs. Yeah, I mean, but look at that. Borgie that and that Will, Williams would be, you yeah. go, go ahead. I mean, you're, yeah, you're right about this. I mean, there are two other, at least if you're looking at that game, like, those are the two guys they should have been using. Yeah, I mean, they were only getting four. What do you average? Four yards per pass by the end of the game? Four yards. I think they have four, four yards. Okay, what, I, I, I do want to I want to transition to something, but um, just I want to talk about our D-line against their offensive line because I think, okay, you know, Brock, I tweeted about that. Like, yeah, his stats were asinine. Um, yeah, they're really bad. But, what? yeah, the only thing, like the thing before the game, the thing, the only things that... The only thing that worried me was that the Cougs were clutch. And, you know, Brock was saying, oh, they're number one team in the fourth quarter, number one team in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, that's true. That's legitimate. Minshew has been clutch. But I did hear a stat that, and this was after we recorded, that uh, only 15% of Minshew's passes were within 15 yards. Right. So, like, I, I don't know if it was Brock or somebody else. Even Ryan Leaf. You know, who's a really likable guy now. He had a tweet that, like, oh, the snow affected their downfield passing game. Well, look at the stats. They don't have a downfield passing game. 85% right. of the throws are basically checkdowns. When I saw that stat, yep. like, that made me feel a lot better. Yeah, and, and when they got a – I think his longest pass of the day was 11 yards. I think it was 22 yards. It was early in the game. It was uh, – Was it that – yeah, it, it, it was the Borgie pass. Yeah, I think he, he, he maybe made, it was his – yeah, he, I think he, he made a BBK or Bryant. Yeah, and after that, they shut it down. Jimmy Lake was, like, incensed. He talked to his guys, like, you know, holding the 
holding the you know spacing on the edge on those guys. But that was what was worried me, right? Where they would get that dump off, and and they were getting him early, but they corrected that. I think it was his downfield pass was his longest was 11 yards. There's a stat where his longest pass was 11 yards. Yeah, the the one that he threw to the end zone that Byron Murphy picked off and bailed out our stupid specialty. I I was thinking we could. I mean, not shout out, you know, yes, shout out to me for being right. But literally in my head, I was thinking, we're going to fumble this and they're going to tie the game, you know, before halftime. Oh, and, you know, I don't know if you saw, though, there's an amazing picture of that Byron Murphy uh, interception. Someone got on the sideline. I don't know if you got, if you saw it. I I did. The photography from that game is phenomenal. in, In my worthless opinion, since I know nothing about photography, yeah, it was phenomenal. It was. Yeah. I mean, those pictures look unreal. Yeah, it was, that was that was uh, that was impressive. Okay, um, but let me let me steer this, Jimmy. I want to talk about our, our DL against their offensive line because it was Groundhog Day again. Before the game, we heard about how great this uh, Coug um, this Coug offensive line was, and uh, I asked someone in my family who's a Wazoo grad. And, you know, they thought the Huskies were going to win. And they said, you know, I said, is the, is the offensive line, re- you know, is it really good or is it mostly Minshew? And he said, it's all Minshew. So. Um, Say that last part again. Oh, just that, uh, just that he said that it's, it was, it, I asked him, is the offensive line, you know, really good or is it just you know, mostly Minshew? And he said, it's all Minshew in regards to the, you know, the great not giving up sack numbers. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, we heard about how great their offensive line was. Oh, it's even better than last year. Well, fuck that. I mean, our defensive line, like we said in in the the last podcast, they need to be challenged, get some pressure. And, and, you know, they don't always have to get sacks. I mean, the, the key against a quarterback like that is... Making him comfortable. Yeah, and just it's like you're pushing the pocket in his face, and you're kind of like trying to encircle him. So you're not always trying to put know, him to the ground. Put him, put him to the ground, or you're not, you, you don't want to like rush him in a way that would get him flushed out, and then it would like fuck up the coverage on the play. And so, I mean, our our D line and and Jimmy, I mean, it, it look, I mean. Joe Tryon and Levi, I mean, they're really coming on. I mean, that, that's a big – not only do we have all the guys – not only do we have all those guys back that we listed, but Joe Tryon and Levi, their, their game – I mean, they're playing at a different level now compared to early in the season. I got some stats here. You, you want me to read them? Yeah, read the stats. Get okay, the stats so up. Joe Tryon, his first seven games, three tackles. In the last five games, he's had 13 tackles. But in the last two games, he's had six tackles, three tackles for loss. And Levi... And a sack. And he's got a yeah, sack. And a sack. Levi, his first five games, 10 tackles, one TFL. But in his last seven games, 23 tackles, four and a half TFLs, and one forced interception, which was great. I mean, he just beasted Minshew on that play, forcing that pick. Oh, yeah. They... they... You know, that's they just they let him have it, and that was you know going on the other side of the line too. And you know, going to last year, listening about Grinch's like fast stunting, you know, <laughs> or Trace, Tracy Clays. He's yeah, done a great Tracy job. Clays. He's he's, di- he's dialed up everything right in the second half. He's, I, I he's mean, so good at making adjustments. How does Brock just say like what their slanting style of defense, and they're going to punish this? I mean, just like I mean, they, we were out. We probably averaged forty pounds. On, on the line offensively 
I mean, if you rate across our lines, I mean, they had like guys at like 240, 250. I think they had one guy at 280. I mean, you're rolling out McGarry and Adams and Hilbers that are well over 300 pounds. Yeah, their nose tackle's a fucking walk on. I, I mean, dude, and then you, have, you got Jackson Kirkland at, at uh, <laughs> you know, 6'7, like 310 or 6'6, six, six, whatever. I mean, you know, Wattenberg, oh, I mean, I, he, it's funny. He's had a couple good plays, and he had a couple – he's – oof. Once he gets a little bit more consistent, I think he's going to be a good lineman, but I think he's going to get challenged next year yeah. at that position. And, and by, by the way, uh, on those holding calls, those were phantom holding calls, and uh, Coker oh, yeah. had a great point about this. He said that against the Cougs, we get called for those because we're dominating them so much in the run game that to the officials it looks like yep. holding them oh the, the kate otten hold was a joke um the and then, one. i mean th- those are the those are the oh, only, sample those are basically the only i'm looking at the the uh the drive chart here so first drive okay red zone pick then we scored two touchdowns you know then we had the the fumble on the kickoff then halftime then we scored a touchdown uh browning fumble but but yeah that drive and then i think the next drive so, so two of the they only stopped us three times, and two of those drives were basically because of penalties. Mm. I mean, those penalties helped keep them in the game. Those phantom mm. holding calls. Yeah, it's it's tough to dig yourself. I hate holding calls; they're just the worst. Um, yeah, I, that's the thing. And then you listen, you listen to all these butthurt cougs who are so cocky, talking so much smack. Where you know they had the Coug Express. Already, already on its way to Santa Clara. Um, you know, whining and moaning that 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 Washington consistently holds and, uh, and cheats. They're the um, ones who are fucking holding. I mean, come on, man. I saw Tryon was like, he, I saw him getting hooked by two guys on one yeah. play. Oh, there was a play too where Gaines was getting held. I mean, it would it's just unbelievable. This is just resting silence, not awkward resting silence. silence. But let's yeah. let's transition right. to talk about. I want to talk about something that's one of your favorite subjects in terms of football: the run game. Yeah, and, oh, uh, that's going to parlay into something I want to talk about. Got, so yeah, got some more statistics. Um, you know, if you look at the game logs, the last three games, both Miles and Savon have really been coming on. I mean, last three games, Savon has had 23 carries for 186 yards. That's an average of eight per carry. With two touchdowns, and that doesn't include he had two touchdowns called back, one against Oregon State, one against Stanford, which I was was like a 25-yarder, I think. And he also has five catches for 58 yards, plus the two-point conversion. So he's, you know, he's coming on. Of course, we know what Gaskin's done, but his last three games, Jimmy, uh, 6.2 yeah. yards per carry on 73 carries. That's 453 yards, five rushing t- uh, TDs. With a receiving touchdown. So, yeah, the run game is coming on. The last three games, both guys have been coming on. So, yeah, I mean, that that obviously should bode well for this Friday. But, so, yeah, go ahead. So, with the 847 left of the game, you probably had to change your sweatpants twice in the last eight, you know, nine minutes of this game. I mean, listen to this. I mean, you start at your Washington 17-yard line, Gaskin for two. Savon for 15, Savon for 6, Savon for 5, Miles for 1, Miles for 2. Washington State takes a timeout with 5.05 left. Savon rushed for 15, just a killer 
And then Savon again rushes eight yards. And then you got Gaskin. He's got a loss for one. Uh, Miles rushes for two. Browning for one. Then Savon busts off an 18-yard run down the right side. And then Savon for four, uh, which he could have scored on. And then team, you know, kneels on the ball. Game over. Eight-minute, 47-second drive. That was just... That's just what you that's what you love about Washington football. That drive encapsulated that you know that erased some of the real saltiness uh, on the season and what could have been. Uh, that, that that last drive was just a thing of beauty and they could not touch Savon. I mean, he was slicing and dicing that defense, bouncing it off to the left side and you know they were just imposing their will uh, on the Cougs at that point. And that's where you know Gaskin's saying these guys don't want it. They don't want none. And, and you see the team, though, come out of the tunnel. And, like, McGarry almost hit his head on the freaking ceiling of that tunnel, man. He's so jacked up. And that's where I come back to. Like, that's the attitude and the mentality that the staff, you know, obviously with their, their domination of the Cougs, like, just spilled over once again. Um, and then that's the thing. That's the only that's the only advantage Brock gave Washington in his preview was that Washington has the confidence. I mean, I think there are a few other advantages beyond that, but I mean, I guess he get got it right. I mean, this team has a huge mental advantage on this squad overall, and it's and it's the punishing style, and that comes back to to committing to the run. That, yeah, that's I, what football's about. Yeah, I want to see like. Because, you know, the TSIO guys, that t- you know, Dennis, they've talked about how we're paid. We have too many betas. We're betas. And, you know, in some games that comes through. But against the Cougs, it's like our betas turn into alphas. So I want to see, yeah. like, I want to see more of that. I want to see those guys have that fucking attitude against Utah. And, I mean, I, I, I think they will because, you I know, we beat too. Utah, what, three or, yeah, three times in a row. And, you know, they know that we're going to win the game. So I think that, you know, they'll have the outcome. Utah wants this game. They remember, remember they said that, well, I don't remember who it was. He said, we'll see him in the championship. You know, they, they're looking forward to this opportunity. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough with, with Shelly uh, at quarterback. But, I mean, that other running back's pretty good. They got a good defense. Um, not to get into Utah, but. Uh, it's just that's what's kind of just you know some of the negative. I mean that uh, Bob Gregory's going to be gone. I mean that guy's got to be <laughs> yeah. gone. I mean it can't get any worse. I mean what what was your mood after the Max Richmond <laughs> fumble just before the half? Like what was your what was your reaction? Uh, my reaction was like let's hold him to a field goal. But so you, obviously they weren't you weren't incensed. Well, I mean they weren't. I mean. I was most incensed after the Browning fumble. Yeah, that was that was I was. What, what's I so was what's so maddening about Browning is even when he he plays great, like he's still like that game would have been such a great performance if he didn't have the turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, but what's because he he did you know he 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 bought time. He made the throw to Hunter. You know, he made a good throw yeah. to Pacelli. Yeah, he was you know he was accurate. He generally made good decisions, and so that's what's frustrating. It's like, oh, he looks good. He's having a good game, but we've been watching him so long that we know that you know there's going to be. It's just like, dude, hold just it's time, hold down, time hold onto the ball. It, 
I, I literally, I, I could not, when that interception in the first the drive, fuck? but just watching, you know, the plungering of our, you know, the way we, we came out so strong, I, 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 could, I, 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 I could not fathom, I could not fathom how he did not, okay, if he's throwing to Ty Jones in that scenario, <laughs> why are you throwing it at his knees? I mean, what? don't give it up. If, even if he knew both those guys were there and he felt like Ty could go up and make the play over those guys, like, wouldn't you put the ball up where only Ty could get it? I, I just, I couldn't, like, granted, I don't think there should have been a pass play there. Should have, we should have just kept running it into the yes. end zone. Yes, yes. I mean, and that's what they did. I mean, Gaskin pound. I mean, God, and just the punishing runs. Just Gaskin just dragging guys, bouncing off guys, going forward. Um, you know, to me, it's like, why even bother? But that fumble in the third quarter when it was, you know, I think it was still a five-point game at that time. Oh, man. Where you could just pin Washington State deep and they just couldn't do jack. I just, yeah, I know I've already said it, but, but you know, why is Max Richmond, you know, running the ball there? It's <laughs> a moment of glory. I mean, his last play, you know, is like most you know, meaningful play he's had in his career was a fumble in the Apple Cup of just before half. But, you know, he could thank Byron for, uh, for making quick work of that one before the half. Which, oh man, I just, you gotta love the ballers. You just gotta love the ballers, man. They come out. Hunter Bryant, Byron Murphy, Gaskin, Tryon, Levi. Ugh. Oh man, Tryon. He were we totally right about him like early in the season? Yep. Like I remember yep. asking, why wasn't he playing more? That's what we and we talked about this, right? Yeah. That that's been one area where like maybe they've kind of sat on guys a little too long. Well, they, yeah, I think they did a good job. They brought him along slowly. He even at the end of the ASU game, he he played. I think uh, I think he played on the last drive. Or, or one of the last Yeah, drives. no, I think that, but, you know, that, that I don't think there could have hurt to bring him in any, maybe he wasn't ready. I mean, they did bring him along. I, you're, you're probably right about that. Um, but but I'm going back to, like, the Disley kind of, like, yeah, probably not utilizing Disley well enough. No, it's, it's just nice to see that um, he, he's becoming a real force because I was thinking early, we talked about it early in the year. I mean, how, where are we going to get a pass rush from? Well, you know, can Nagata, can Tryon, can they improve enough? Mm-hmm. Um, and now, it, I mean, you're seeing it the last couple games. I mean, the Utah game will be different, you know, because they're such a run-heavy team. I don't know if Tryon will be in the entire time um, because we don't know if he's – he's proven right. as a pass rusher, but is he proven, um, you know, is he proven as a, as a run defender? Because, you know, people give Benning lots of shit, but Benning is such a great run defender – that you know you can't you can't uh, you know you can't take him out for on rundowns and, and put in someone like Tryon who's unproven yet as a run defender. But anyway, it's just it's just great to see that you know at the end of the year we're seeing guys get better, noticeably better, and they're making an impact. And you know, of course, guys getting healthier. I mean, that's you know maybe a little bit of good luck. They're getting all these uh, great guys back. Plus, so, plus DJ Beavers. We're Jimmy. We're more healthier than we were going into the Auburn game. Yeah, no, I, I know it's 
And these that, freaking Utah Tards think they actually have a shot. Well, I, I hope it's a I hope it's a plunging like we we, we saw on Friday. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you want to get into detail yet, but I just I, I, I do want to just briefly touch on. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, touch away. Yeah, I, I, this is a team, right? Like that mindset that they displayed, and granted, like Washington State, I think you know wasn't as good as as obviously they were thought. You know that everyone prognosticated that they were. Um, you know, and and shout out to Desmond Howard and Herb Street and David Pollock who all said you know Cougs win and Pollock says Cougs have a shot at the national championship. Um, yeah, right, they can't even win the state championship. I mean, it. I guess what's just and I sorry sorry for you that just want to keep it all bowls and cherries and whipped cream on top and you eat your ice cream on Sunday and you know nothing's wrong. Um, this team just seems to have that Cal game in them. They, they, they're they going to have to get that out of their system. Uh, and, you know, may, I, I'm not going to pin it all on Browning, but, you know, if Browning's just kind of ho-hum and, you know, there's not a lot of energy, I, I, I don't think that all of a sudden they're going to just erase this kind of that one game a year where they just kind of, fall asleep and turn into zombies because i mean we saw it with the asu the year before um we see it you know with with the cal game um you know oregon i don't think you know they were well i don't want to get into oregon i don't think it was i don't think that was a lack of effort or not being motivated there was other areas but this team is gonna have to find a way to eliminate that one just total flat game like granted they were still in it to win it with cal they still had a chance to win even with their kind of subpar play but they're gonna have to find a way to to get that out of their system um they, they just can't afford that. if you're gonna get a chance to play in the national championship you can't you can't have that game I mean, there's luck. There's going to be luck involved. Well, but... this team is not. I mean, I, I don't. I hear what you're saying, but I mean, are you talking? That doesn't apply to the rest of the season. I don't think. Well, I'm just saying, if it, it, you know, a lot of people have talked about, and a lot of the media where they don't kind of look into the details. But okay, you you beat Auburn, which you had all the opportunities ahead of you. What would you have? Six six attempts in the red zone uh, that you couldn't convert on against Auburn. Okay, you win Auburn. Let's say at worst you lose the Oregon game, you beat Cal. You've got one loss to Auburn at the start of the year. I mean, I'm just saying, you're in a you're in a conversation where people are going to be looking at you. You win the Pac-12 championship, and what are you, 12 and one? And and something changed. I mean, you, I'm just saying, you you are potentially a few plays away from being in a conversation again of the playoff. And granted, like we said, we didn't think it was a playoff team. We didn't think all the pieces were there to do it. But I'm a couple plays here and there. And, I mean, yeah, I'm one, not, I'm oh, not, I'm not, I don't want to do get too hard, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but one, just, one, one pass against Stanford, and who knows? We, you know, they complete one more pass, and um, they complete one more pass, and... You know, we lose that game, and then it's you know the trajectory of the season goes. 
Well, what if the guy doesn't miss the extra point? They're playing for a field goal instead of a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm. That's why I'm saying. That's why I don't. You know, the whole oh, we're three or four plays of what. There's so many teams that can say that. Like yeah, the Cougs will. Say, the Cougs will yeah. say the same thing. Like oh, if not for that, you know, stupid. Uh, you know the non-targeting call, and you know this, and I, I mean that's where the metrics come in, and you can look at, you know, uh, you can look at where where the team is, and I think we're, you know, I don't know, uh, sure, I, I, I you know, uh, metric superiority guy, he like kind of does a consensus putting all these things together, and you know we're we're probably I don't know maybe ten right now around that area, and if we win this week, and if we win, you know, win the Rose Bowl, we'd probably be. Top seven, so. Well, the yeah, point I mean, I, I'm pointing saying is part of it though too is that you know you you challenge you the emotional aspect of this game, um, and and sort of the mental um, makeup of the approach and who they're playing. Like it's amazing how much that that can impact the game. Um, no, you know, you're right. Granted, I mean, Washington State, though, still, you know, they still an opportunity. And then, I mean, when Gaskin takes an 80-yarder up the gut and you just punish them, yeah. you just punish their defense, um, I mean, that's just a blow. That is a, just a massive shot to the ribs and, and gut area, right? Just that that demoralizes the other team. And the fact that, you know, Minchie was uncomfortable. He took some big shots. Uh, he he did not play well. He couldn't do anything with the ball. Like you said, they only had checkdowns to Borgi and and Williams. Who I do like Williams. I do like that guy. I think I do like watching him play. I think he's a pretty good player. Uh, I don't care for Borgi. I don't like Kyle Sweet. I don't like Peyton Pelluer. I don't like you no know, Minchie's fine. I the whole Minchie thing I think was a little blown out of proportion. <laughs> no more stash stories after the Apple Cup. That's for sure. Yeah, the mustache was really a dirty Sanchez. And the, and the thing about it too, like I, you know, I understand. Like it's amazing how the media takes a story and they just run with it, right? It just becomes like this huge national thing. I mean, game day they're putting on mustaches. I mean, I, the darlings that they became. I mean, granted, I know it was a really, you know, obviously a horrific situation that took place in, in their program, um, and then they're just like Minshew mania. I. I I'm not necessarily fully understood it. Maybe I'm just because maybe I'm just an asshole. I, I don't know. I just didn't. The story just probably. Didn't, <laughs> can I, we, I mean, can, can we move on to questions, bro? I'm so I just don't know where you're going right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just can we go on to questions? Uh, sure. You there? I, I mean, is there another thought you wanted to get out? No, go to question. <laughs> I just, you just, yeah. you just cut me off and redirected me. I don't. That's fine. I, don't <laughs> I just. Well, I'm looking at the time here, and I'm just. I, the, I get it. I'm just saying. I don't. I didn't fully understand the, the whole story with with the with the with the mustache mania. I didn't really. I just didn't really get it. Well, anyway. I mean, I think he, he had a great. I mean, they had no expectations. He had a great season, albeit against mostly below average competition, and. You know, and he had a mustache. Yeah, and he had a mustache. And, and I mean, he had a mustache. I'm just saying, like, the story came it was, you know, around his facial hair. I mean, just bizarre to me. But it's whatever. all bread and circus, bro. Yeah. Whatever. Go ahead. Questions. Number one. Let's go. <laughs> let's get out of here. Let's close it up. We got we got quite a few. So uh, 
Well, let's get through. How many, how many lay in the lumber type hits will our DBs have on Britton Covey? Do you think he has requested no routes over the middle this Friday, given the brutalizing uh, time he took last game versus UW? Do you think he remembers who JoJo McIntosh is? I, I think uh, he'll be well aware, and I frankly, he, he, I'm, sh- I'm sure every hit he took is going to be in memory come, come Friday. There's no question. Next question. I just, I just remember re- reading something on the on the board like after the last game we played Utah and and someone was yeah. saying oh Britton Cub would be the kind of guy who, you know should, you, you want to marry your daughter and then Road Dog responded like, the guy he, he he probably has CTE and he's balding already at a young age I wouldn't want him to marry my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> harsh but true. Yeah, I mean. Okay, can you give me a next question? Yeah, next question. Nice. How would you grade Trey's performance? How far from 100% is he? Should we expect him to finish out the year at left tackle? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you this. And well, one positive thing, though, it sounds like Hilbers was trying to, to work out his knee, so hopefully it's nothing like major damage. I, I think the greatest thing about is that you didn't really hear about Trey all that much, right? Like, no holding penalty, uh, you know, you, didn't it appear that Brown is taking much pressure from his side? Um, you know, he was blocking well. I mean, in my mind, like he just went out there and did his thing, and uh, you know, he got some he got some minutes last week, which probably helped him. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think I'm, I think it was good. You didn't hear much from him. At least the announcers didn't point him out, or or that his name wasn't mentioned by the refs. Yeah, I mean, I think the question is, is, I mean, is he 100% to play? Can he be 100% in the next game and next, yeah. next two games? He, well, obviously, to, to, I mean, if this was like the beginning of the season, you know, it probably would be more difficult. But thankfully, he only has to play a couple more games, albeit against, you know, very tough competition, assuming we win this week. I don't know that he's going to be 100%. I, I think he might be. I, I don't know the condition of his injury. I don't even know if the injury is. I don't even. All we know is he had some back surgery. Uh, Granny obviously was able to play basically a full game. So I'd anticipate him being able to go all against Utah. And why not be 100% for the you know Rose Bowl if they win? It's got a whole month. Yeah. So, I, you know, if Pete if Pete shared any insight into anything, then I could I could garner whether he's a hundred percent, but I couldn't tell you. But great sign that he played basically the entire game. I think Hilbert's went out pretty early, didn't he? Yeah, First quarter? he did. Yeah, so that's good. That's positive that he was able to go. Next question: Who would you it rather is. play, Michigan or Ohio State? Who who would we have a better chance of beating? Does the Rose Bowl have less value if we play the second best team out of the Big Ten? Oh, I don't think it has less value if you play Michigan. You there? Uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking. Um, I, you know, there was a debate uh, about this. Um, I look. Do you want to? Does does it would Ohio State plunder us? I'd like to know whether or not you know. It's, is it a measuring stick game? Can they hang with Ohio State? Michigan, they got a good defense. I think Browning would probably have a really hard time against their defense. They play man and they're very aggressive, so I think that would 
that would spell doom for Browning. We could look really bad if they just got into a shit all day long. Um, you know, they have really good corners. Um, Ohio State, I mean, Haskins is what he throw for six, seven touchdowns on Saturday. Um, I, I don't think I don't think Browning would 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 do well against the Michigan defense. I think that would be a really difficult defense for him. Um, in that you know in that regard, like honestly, I would probably prefer Ohio State. I, I for some reason I just kind of like watching Ohio State for the Rose Bowl. Washington, Michigan has kind of the glory years ring to it, but. Never played Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning toward Ohio State. I really think that we would not match up well against the Michigan defense. I think that would be a could a could be a disastrous day for Browning because if they if they could get pressure on Browning in, in a number of ways, like it, it could be like really ugly. And they play man defense and they play it very well, but not against Ohio State though. I mean, they just gave well, up 60 shit, points. I know, but I'm telling you that's yeah. because Ohio State has that mental edge. Um, yeah. They have really good athletes. Haskins is a good quarterback. Um, I, dude, Browning is no Haskins. I'm just telling you, like, if you're not decisive, you hold on to the ball, and they're going to make him backpedal, like, yeah. I think it could put you into a situation for a really long day because of the way – Browning plays. Yeah, whoever the worst team is, that's who I want to play. And I honestly, I just want to get to the game. Like, let's just win this week. Yeah, you know, for sure. Okay, next question. How many games did Jake Browning play in the snow growing up in California? I think he said Zero. none. Yeah, never. Next question. Okay, list your five favorite dogs of all time. Uh, I don't know about I, I think Gaskin's number one for me now. Lawyer Malloy is number two. Tuiasa Sopo is number three. Napoleon Coffin is number four. And then I'd probably give Atman number five. That's for me personally. Yeah, that's a really good list. I might have Corey Dillon on my list. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, there's a lot to choose from. But if you, off the top of my head, I could tell. I mean, Lawyer Malloy was always like really. I mean, Napoleon and Lawyer were always like, you know, my top. But I think yeah. I think for me, Gaskin has, has overcome. Has, has overcome them both. And two, he's right up there. It's really hard, but that's my top five. Disley would be in my top five for sure. Well, then give your one through five. Um, no, that's I'd have to think about it. No, nah, it's like it's like it's like asking me, you know, which of my children are my favorite. <laughs> Bro, listen to me, man. I just ripped off my I know. top five. You know, you you can do no, that. no. I'm not. I'm such a fan of the team that it's hard for me to single out individual players. That's a cop out. Next question. <laughs> yeah, Corey Dillon, Will Disley, those are two. I'm still working on my list. He's not in there, dude. There's so many. I, I like the unsung, unheralded guys. I mean, I love Dave Hoffman. Like, you know, Edmonds like questionable five for me, but I mean, there's a lot of great guys. On a scale of 1 to 10, how awesome is it that USC extended the great coach Clay Helton? Well, did they extend or did they... Is it official? Have we gotten the official? That's what Swanee said. Did they fly the banner over the Notre Dame game? Fire Helton. Did you hear about that? They had raised, like, I think quite a bit of money for it. I don't know. how, Yeah, how did that end up? I don't I know, I but I Clay Helton, like, I know those TSIO guys, <laughs> what is it, God, family, then football? 
You know, so, I mean, God's in his corner um, to keep him at USC. I, I love it, man. Keep keep Clay, uh, keep Clay <coughs> aboard. I mean, look, then <laughs> we'll get into it quickly. But if you look look into Washington's schedule again, it, it their home schedule actually looks like a schedule you'd want to attend. You'd actually want to buy tickets for. Yeah, if ne- next year all the, most of the the only difficult road game is um, Stanford. Yep. So yeah. All the tougher home game, all the tougher games are at home, and it's literally—I mean—that's a schedule where you might actually get some, you know, get a really good crowd for for every game, every at least every pack game. Yeah, but them keeping Clay Helton is, and if we go to the Rose Bowl, like those two factors yep. would be massive for recruiting because we'd be in LA, we'd be able to recruit there, you know, the last couple weeks of, uh, you know, when, when some of these high four-star and five-star guys they go down to the end. I mean, if we could steal one or two five-star guys away from USC, like Brew McCoy, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, it would. You, that we would have be a lot of. Yeah, we got a lot of, lot of leverage. You know, the class is shaping out to you know shaping up to be outstanding. You know, they got Sam Heward, man. Which you know, I already told everyone to chill out. Like Sam Heward was going to be out. <laughs> Not nothing to worry about. Stephon, Stephon Wright, or is it Stephen Wright? It sounds like he may be, and people are people are confident, not confident, but they're thinking we have a great chance to get him now. Reel him in. I mean, we're just on a roll. Yeah, you got to no, get seriously. this win next yeah. week. You got to get down there. You got to get that recruiting time down in 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 SoCal, as they like to call it. Okay, what's next? What was your favorite class at UW? My favorite class, um, oh, my favorite class, jeez, I don't know. I had some good classes, some good, some interesting classes, but one favorite, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I can barely remember what I ate for lunch. Yeah, I mean, I... Let's just say my mind was open to new thoughts and concepts. It's a really special time in my life. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, my favorite yeah. class, I'm trying to think of one where I was, like, really fully engaged. That's that's tough. Yeah, well, you think about that one in your top five. We'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah, it. we'll get back to that next pod or a future pod. Yeah. Next question. What is your favorite Cougar excuse over the years after a loss? Blaming Snow, Luke Falk didn't play. <laughs> oh, but Ben, you know, according to Jim Moore, you know, Bender was better. Peyton Bender oh, was God. better than Falk that year. That's, a, that's insufferable. It, it, I, I just, really I just, it's, it's, that's just, his takes are so awful. I just, I don't even want to. It's embarrassing. I don't even, it's yeah. This just, it's embarrassing. I don't even want to just talk about it so we can well, save yeah. some dignity. I'll just say, like, Bob Stelton just said, you know, no one dishes out dishes it out as better as Jim Moore, but he literally can't take it. And he was like, he was a very irritated and agitated coog today and was not was not in a happy-go-lucky mood and was real salty. It was pretty good. I'll, I'll hand it to Stelton. He was, he was giving it to Jim Moore. Right? He was being a little pissant. Being a little child about the loss. My favorite excuse is like, 
you know, he couldn't shut up about the snowball in 92 and what a fun game it was and the advance, you know, like all that. You know, now it's like, oh, the snow is, you know, give us the sunny weather. I mean, Salk was still was still batting that baton this morning on the air. Like, give me a break, bro. Yeah, it's really going to be sunny in, in, in the end of November. Yeah. <laughs> give me bags. sunny weather, and, you know, I think it's a different game, and the Coons win it. I mean, God, what? And, what? And every, every Jim Moore story about the Apple Cup is, like, about him being hammered before. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I was covering the game for the blah, blah, blah paper, and uh, I went in the crowd with my buddies, and, you know, they snuck in some alcohol, we got hammered, and I still was able to get my story done on the game. Like, every one of his stories is about getting hammered. Yeah, well, apparently this one, he only had a couple drinks at lunch and, and, and abstained during the game. I'm sure he wished he had drank. <laughs> I just, you know, like, I've talked about this before, but, like, regular drinking, I just, like that, I just... I don't want to get into the drinking okay. <laughs> angle. Right. I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably offend. I'll probably yeah, offend just, a portion of our audience. We, you've you've gone <laughs> you've gone into it before, man. We know your position. <laughs> what, what what do we got next, man? Let's keep it to football, I guess. Uh, What's your, your favorite Coug expre- uh, excuse? Um. That's t- I mean, the, the Cougs have... You want to so- think about that one, Yeah, too, I have to think week? about it because there's so many damn excuses. It's hard for me to just pick one. Well, you think about it, we'll get to it next week with all yeah. the other things you need to think about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Redshirts who have played the little I saw of Hampton. He has some speed. Him, Urban, MJ, and Sermon can play one more. And Tuli Taki are just on the team now. Okay, because I don't know if there was a question in there question or a comment or a statement what, what is it they can they can can they play out and still keep their they can play in four games right and you yeah. still keep your red shirt right yeah there might be a couple who i think hampton's gonna be a soft i think yeah, he there, won't there, red shirt there might be one or there might be two guys that are gonna go over that threshold but huh. um yeah i think he's saying uh hampton Irvin, mm-hmm. sermon who's mj Oh, is that Tafisi? Tafisi. I think he's only played in one game, but I could be wrong. No, I think Han- he's saying Hampton, Irvin, Tafisi, and Sermon can each play one more. So maybe those are the guys who are going to be sophomores next year. But mm-hmm. thankfully, the D linemen, uh, Latuli Gasanoa and Sam Taimani, those guys, have they, they can play two more. So they're fine. And okay. by the way, to, go, go and watch... Hat tip to Coker, but go and watch the last couple of plays of the Oregon State game. Uh, mm-hmm. Taimani was in there, and he looked really good on those two plays. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to go back. I got him DVR'd. Uh, next question. Which is more likely to happen next? Leach beats Pete in an Apple Cup. Mariners make playoffs. Mike Salk makes an intelligent comment. <laughs> what happens first to those? Yeah. Oh, man. That's really our, tough. I mean, I mean, I, I think we're going to run off like probably ten or twelve victories in a row of the Cougs. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> well, you, I'll, you I'll said, tell you this. You said Peterson last year. You said Peterson will never lose to Leach. Yeah, I don't remember think that. So. Hopefully, we, well, do we have Peterson for that much for ten more years? 
Well, I, I meant yeah. like I meant like another five or six years. Sure. That yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Five or six more, not another ten more. Got it. I I would say, you know, I think those odds are good. I mean, I I I'll be honest. We're playing with house money here. Like, I think it would have been somewhat painful to have watched the dogs lose this game. <laughs> Um, I feel like I, depending, I guess, what's on the line ahead, I, I I mean, look, I was so tired of hearing the storyline of this year. It was just great to to make it six in a row. (laughs) I don't know. Probably salt making. Yeah, he actually, it it would, it would, it would be better if the question said salt makes an intelligent comment about college football. Yeah. Because yeah, that would make it really hard. I would say salt too, because I mean. Occasionally, I mean, he, he's not that much of an idiot. I mean, he, he did he did see that Sark sucked. You know, he knows that Jake Browning is not that great. So, yeah, he is capable of some intelligent thoughts. But, uh, okay, next one. Is Mike Salk the Gilby of local media? Guy watches no college football and pretends he has an opinion that is valid. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah, sure. How ridiculous was it that not only did every local media person pick the Cougs, but they all picked a win by double digits? You, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah, I, I, I don't really get it. I, I mean, this was the one for the ages, and <laughs> or was that the one last year, or the year before? I'm losing yeah. track. Oh, game of the century. Yeah, I was really surprised. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, Brock had had Washington losing thirty four twenty four. I just. I don't know how people were thinking that they were going to score in the high 30s. I just, yeah, it just made I, no sense. It, it's like they didn't they didn't do any research. They didn't, you know, they didn't look into the game at all. Um, they they didn't look at the matchup very closely. They just looked like seriously. The analysis was chess. Like this is a fairy tale story. Uh, Minchu is like playing out of his mind. Like you know, they they just put up points in bunches. Uh, the defense is, has really, you know, taken a step forward. Well, those are all great, great, like, just thought pro Like, for, because it's a fairy tale, like, fairy tales have good endings. That That's your logic? I mean, that's that's why they win the game? I just think that's really poor, like, way of looking at them, you know, winning the game is because it's a fairy tale story. That's Yeah, that doesn't I, mean anything. How, how does that give you the opportunity to win the game? I don't know. Next question. Last week you annoyed Cornell by beginning the podcast while eating a steak. What other outrageous foods do you plan to eat on future podcasts? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have a burger. If, if we if we if we beat Utah, I'm going to have a burger at, uh, in the following podcast. During it, huh? Yeah, during it. I can't wait. Uh, All right, let me see. There's uh, there uh, there's some more. Let me. Um, Shit, yeah, it's here. getting late, man. We gotta get this thing done. Yeah, we'll we'll be done in, in ten minutes or so. Let me um, let me see here. Uh, okay. Uh, let me just double check that I didn't miss anything. Okay, let's see here. Uh, 
Shout out to Johnny Tugboat. Thanks for the comment. Okay, another one about the local media. When Jim Moore goes to sleep, who do you think he has nightmares about the most? Miles Gaskin or Jimmy Lake? Who? When Jim Moore goes to sleep, who does he oh. have nightmares about more? Oh, Jimmy Gaskin Lake. or Jimmy oh. Lake? Yeah. Jimmy Lake. Jimmy Lake's in his head. Dude, bad. Like, he's, like, incensed. He's un- unhinged about Jimmy Lake. Just can't. I mean, he was throwing in barbs to John Clayton about Jimmy Lake while they were talking NFL football today. I mean, Jimmy Lake is so far in that guy's cry. It's like it. I've never seen anything like it in local media. I mean, he was like just incensed. He was out of his mind about Jeez, Jimmy Lake. That's, that's really unprofessional. I mean, it, J- you know, Jim Moore. I mean, he is he is a good guy. He doesn't take himself that seriously. But this really has him going overboard. It, it seems like. No, no, he's totally like he can't let it go. He's totally being a child. It's he's, amazing. He's probably gonna like go on a, like a real bender. He'll just drink, you know, he'll drink himself to death over the next No, he's weeks. not. He's never going to let it go. He's never going it, to. It's like that snowball talking about Bledsoe and Philip Bobo. He can't shut his mouth about it. Like, literally, he's going to go on and on about Jimmy Lake's comments. On and on about it. I, I just don't know what, what the deal is, but he can't handle Jimmy Lake and, and him just... And then he goes on about, like, oh, you'd be so good at Oregon State with the DBs they got. Well, you know what? He would probably recruit really good DBs to Oregon State and then coach them up, and they'd be really good. Yeah, you know what? He's a really good fucking coach. Yeah. And, he's, and Pete is grooming him to take over because, like you said, Pete's, pro- he's not, Pete's probably not going to be here 10 years. He'll probably be here another six, seven years would be my guess. And Jimmy Lake can just stay on board. He doesn't sound like he wants to leave anytime soon. Maybe Pete is going to groom him to be the next coach, and then we'll kick your fucking ass 20 years in a row, Jim Moore. Mr. Go Cougs, how do you like that? <laughs> well, that's the thing Wouldn't that, that be keeps... great for the rivalry? It, Jim Moore would, he, Jim, it would be Jimmy Lake against Jim Moore. And, and look, I can. And, and, and people on Twitter are saying, like, you know, Jimmy Lake, is he just a product of, co- of Pete's system? Are you out of your mind? You guys, you don't know shit about football. You haven't been paying attention. You know nothing. Yeah, that was Ian Furness. Or Furness, whatever. Yeah, it was Furness. Furness. Okay, stick with uh, stick with the Seahawks, buddy. And, you know, I'll tell you this, too. This whole Jack Coog line that this shithead uses on Twitter. You know who the ultimate Jack Coog is? Seriously, it's freaking Minshew, man. He doesn't even go to class. <laughs> yeah. The grad transfer. I mean, seriously, he's played one year, and this guy's like the all-time Coug. He knows nothing about Coug lore. He knew nothing about the Washington State Cougars other than Leach came in and told him, you'll lead the nation in passing if you come play for me. I mean, seriously, dude, he saw an opportunity to go be a starting quarterback, and, and no one wants to call this guy Jack Coug. I mean, that whole 710 cruise Jack Coug. Jessamyn McIntyre goes on this whole sob story about how she's you know, I've been so blessed to spend time with these young young men and, you know, watch them through this magical season and, and uh, you know, just, you know, I'm not a, a Coug, you know, didn't go there, but, you know, my, you know, I just love the Cougs or whatever the, whatever her thing is. I mean, Dave Wyman, who's just this insufferable white, white man who I think is, he's like, he's like that subtle racist. He doesn't know he's being racist. Like, 
calling out people's name. Anyway, I don't get off track, but I mean, that guy was like rooting for the Cougs. You know, you want him to win. And, I mean, seriously, man. I wanted the Cougs to win. Is that what he said? I was yeah. rooting for the Cougs. No, he said before, I'm rooting for the Cougs to win. He said it uh, on Thursday or Wednesday. How pathetic is Seahawk Radio that they, that that's the guy they got for color commentary? It's so bad. It is so, Dave Wyman is so bad. It, it's, it's, he's insufferable. Like he's a former player, but nobody knows who the fuck he is. Oh my god! You played at a you played <laughs> you played at a time when nobody knew. Like none of the fans know who the fuck you are. Oh, this is some guy who played like in the late '80s in 1990. Oh no! When they talked about the Cougar band playing the Washington fight song, he literally went back to talk about the band while the he was Stanford band. <laughs> oh yeah, I just like, dude. I mean, he and then like he. They were bringing up a story. I, I think it was about special teams. I don't know what it was. Well, back in my playing days at Stanford, I, you know, I, uh, I mean, dude, you gotta, you gotta move on. <laughs> I mean, dude, you know, I mean, it's anyway. I, I can't. Speak, think speaking I'm, of the Husky band bus, was Dennis DeYoung the driver of that bus? Yeah, it was. That's it's very. It's, <laughs> Definitely worth investigating. I, for, I think for, there should be. Yeah, for the l- listeners who don't know, I think a couple of years ago, Dennis had a uh, he crashed his car pretty badly. Yeah. So that, that's where the that's where the joke comes from. Uh, but I the, will. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I, I, you know, I think it was obviously upsetting to hear what took place, and I'm really glad no one was hurt. Um, yeah, you know, I think yeah. if that happened 20 years ago, though, I, I'm not. This isn't. I'm not trying to be a jerk, or I, I honestly think the band probably would have gone to the game. I, I was kind of surprised they they didn't make it. I think, I think that it got wind of the forecast, and uh, you know, it probably wouldn't have been very fun to sit out that in that weather and as the band. But I mean, granted, it was really nice to hear that it was obviously a good situation. But I was a little surprised. I thought I thought they would they would they would end up going to the game. Yeah, they would tough it out. It'd be a great story, right? I mean, yeah. you know, we kind of went through this really you know really scary you know life threatening situation, and and we went on to to continue to play and, and show up. I mean, I don't know. But the the best thing of it all is that no one was seriously injured. That. That's that's the best outcome of it all, frankly. And shout out to the Cougs for you know playing the song. Yeah, you know, give you know, given the rivalry and the blast. hatred. Yeah, the rivalry and the hatred and the smack talk and, and the players I'm sure were talking mountains of shit to each other and during and after the game or before that that someone showed some level of uh, maturity. And you know, shout out to the the marching band to to done that and and show their respect. I mean, classy move, Cougs. You know, we applaud you. We stand up and we applaud you. We're Nebraska class. You guys were Nebraska classy. I think I think Race Bannon would support that comment. You know, did you Nebraska. ever? Yeah. Did you did you ever have any experience at Wazoo, or did you just? Did you have friends oh, there? Did you hang out in the frat houses? And I've had plenty. Of oh God! Can you just mention one or two things? I'm sure that you have a couple great stories. Uh, I can't remember the name of the bar, but you go downstairs, um, and it's like this bar, and they usually have a band. I think Left Hand Smoke was playing. It was like this really popular frat band from Washington. You know, like really, you know, people are really into them. 
you know, they were there playing live. We go down to the show. We, you know, we just, we end up leaving the show. We come up the stairs. There's like three of us, and I have a purple jacket on. There's like four cougs, and I come out, and this guy just walks up to me and tries to rip off my coat, and you know, he's calling you stupid husky and you're a piece of shit and all this stuff. You know, they're ready to go. Like we literally were just standing there. there we we were doing nothing wrong. We were not instigating anything. And one of the guys I'm with, I mean, he's an instigator. <laughs> he, if he, there's one guy like this guy's instigating, and you know, it gets to a fever pitch. You know, people are spitting at the ground at one another, and and uh, it's getting close to where you don't want to go. And it turns out a buddy of mine knew the drunk guy who who had ripped the jack you know ripped my jacket off and he uh he stepped in and, and you know cooler heads provide uh you know <laughs> prevailed in that scenario so yeah i mean there was some you know i was threatened with violence there uh you know looking through frat houses trying to locate a buddy you know down in the doldrums of the uh, the the basements of like just these nasty bathroom frat bathroom oh, stalls God. just like covered in puke and beer and it was just you know you found you see a guy's legs sticking out of the bottom of them uh you know the, you, there's some rooms you know you just don't even walk want to walk into no one's going on there i mean yeah it's barrel fires there was barrel fires to stay warm you know people running around the streets i mean yeah there were some moments i mean you know obviously you know on the field getting hit thrown at by stuff what so what Debauchery. i mean wazoo before the riots if everyone you know all you millennial dudes and all you millennial people that you know you know everything's really everything's in a bubble for you now everything's safe i mean before you know when they had the big riots at wazoo you know and they rolled the dumpsters down the street and all those people got suspended and it was before that i mean seriously i mean it was just full debauchery at pullman you go there and you know you you could change your life in a weekend there right the whole trajectory of life could be changed in pullman right i mean granted whatever you ingest or fall out of you know the one year they had the uh, the deck collapse where they're having a keg party oh, and like 30 people fell off this deck i mean like yeah i mean pullman's a place to go where you, you know you could basically ruin the rest of your life <laughs> i'll leave it at that yeah, that's yeah so if my, my freshman year uh a couple of my buddies and me so we went for the apple cup uh this was 2002 and um, so we were staying with this guy in his frat house and just like, you know, we got there at like, I don't know, six, six o'clock at night. And there's just like, you know, the first bathroom we saw, like, there was just like vomit everywhere. Yep. It's like people were already shit faced. Oh yeah. Stumbling around and just, oh, yeah. it was a shithole. I mean, we ended up like sleeping like in the very upstairs on like a massive, <laughs> just like, Sleeping on a massive couch, you know, just like, it's like we're single file, almost like, well, not single file, but I mean, you know what I mean. Just like four or five people just like laying on like a big couch or like a big bed, you know, one of the, or one, where I'm like, you know, I'm sleeping with my shoes on and my glasses on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I couldn't like the next, you know, the next, uh, like app. So after the game, like my buddy was trying to like hook up with this chick and. I just of said, course. you got to get the fuck out of here. Like, let's drive home. I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And so we we did. But that was cool. Like, literally, we drove home in the middle of the night. Like, we made it in, like, four hours. Like, we were just going, like, 90 the whole way. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Total, just total driving out of. Uh, yeah. I, I can't like, not to get into like frats and everything, but the whole no, Greek please, system. No. But like, I can't, especially like those wazoo frats. Like, if I had a daughter, like I would forbid them from going <laughs> in. <laughs> like a daughter who went to wazoo, like I honestly would like, I I could not. I don't know how as like a parent you could like risk that. Uh, you just don't want to know about it. Oh, that's, that's really bad. Uh, how's yeah. your steak? That's another question. It's good. I had one for lunch. It was really good. <laughs> okay, here's a serious question. Will the, before we close here in a minute or two, will the offense finally take over the defense as the most dominant unit next year? Uh, I mean, I think they're. I think it could be next year because of the youth that they're going to have on on defense, and I think you know linebacker is going to be an area of concern. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think they're going to need the offense probably early on to to take the reins. Yeah, I mean, we should give a shout out to Wellington. Like he's been playing really well. I think he had six yeah. and a half tackles in this game. So as long as um, I think Wellington and Beavers like don't get hurt next year. You know, we could be okay at linebacker. If you look at the D-line, I mean, uh, Thule and Taimani, like, they're obviously going to have to play a lot. But, I mean, Levi is turning really into coming a star. On. I mean, you know, Joe Tryon, you know, Nagata will get big. I mean, we'll have more of a pass rush next year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's, you know, the defense will, at the beginning of the year, it'll take a step back. But there's still enough... There's still enough talent there where I don't think we're going to go into this, like, massive decline. And, and with the offense, I mean, a lot obviously depends on Eason. I mean, if he yep. if he's, if he's has this massive great year, then, yeah, the offense could be one of the best in the nation. Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's quite possible. Uh, what the hell happened to our special team coverage units this year? Hmm. Bobby I think Greggy. a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down. I mean, it appears to be coaching. I mean, I, I know that uh, Dickie B and, and Huey said, you know, it's really easy to get off your lanes in the snowy weather, uh, you know. But I think, you know, that's I think Dennis had the had the post where you know they score and they, you know, they're about to, you know, really, you know, put the heat on. They give up big special teams play. Yeah, that's but, happened. Yeah, you can't. You just can't do it. I mean, you know that was the other thing I was gonna point out. You know what the best play is for special teams is for Peyton Henry to kick the ball into the end zone for no return. I think he did it the first. The he first did. Kick. He did. He did it the first kick of the game. He put it in the end zone. Didn't give him an opportunity to return the ball. To return the kick. I mean, frankly, that is your best play for this this special teams. Peyton Henry has got to do everything he can to put. I mean, seriously. It feels like we're the only team I watch. Uh, you know, I watch a fair bit of college football. I feel like for the last 20 years, we for some reason cannot get the ball into the end zone consistently. I think Vis- Vizcaino had a big leg last year. Yeah, but did he put it into the end zone consistently? I don't think he did. I think, I think you know, the weather, I think, does play somewhat of a role. You mean just northwest weather? Yeah. It's like it, what, just the, the heavy... Uh, yeah, I'm not a meteorologist. So heavy air? I can't tell you, but... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be. I mean, we never played day games. Maybe, you know, I don't know. If yeah, let's, 
we've had more day games this year. Okay, a couple more, and then we'll get out of here. Where will Stefan Wright go? I think he's going to go to UW. Yeah, I'll second it. I mean, what, yeah, let's give it to UW. What, what happened is he was going to commit to ASU, but he was taking a last visit to UW with his mom and his grandma, and now he's put off his commitment. So put all that together, Jimmy. What do you think? I think he's going to be a dog. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll do a recruiting pod. Yeah, we will. Line. We will. One more. Lots of try on talk. Why is Miles Rice a jag? He has all the measurables to be good. Is Molden taking over Miles Bryant's spot? Is Miles a slow strategy name? Will we have any offense against Utah's D? When's Jimmy's bedtime? Wow. Jeez. There's a lot there. Uh, Miles Rice, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, he. I don't think he's that tall, though, and that long. He might only be 6'2", 6'3". We'll see. I mean, he's a guy who might... I think he's got long arms. You you were always really high on him earlier. Yeah, you know he he just might um, he might be a guy that really comes on when he's a senior. You know, one of those types. Yeah, he might be a longer development type guy. I think that could be the case for him. I just you know we haven't gotten a haven't got many looks for him. I mean, it's obviously you know if he's not making an impact, you know. Earlier, you hope maybe he's a guy who'll come on, you know, senior year potentially. But in regards to Molden, um, Miles Bryant, I know he has kind of been hurt, but it, it seems like at the same time, Molden may have passed him. Yeah, Molden's playing really good football. Um, he, he's really good. Yeah, he's you, were, just, you were on him early. Yeah, he's. he's I was. Right. I was pumping him up. I took some shit for it early, but I stuck to my guns. I feel like. You know, Molden was a guy that should be playing more. Is Miles a slow strategy name? What do you mean? How do you, I don't know. Miles Bryant, Miles Gaskin. Is Miles a slow strategy? We'd probably ask Dennis. We'd throw that to him. Will we have any options? Oh, I'm yet? sorry. Was he a slow strategy guy from the beginning? Yeah. Uh, Utah offense. Uh, we're going to talk about that before the game. We're doing. We're doing. We're doing. A, we're, doing a, we're doing a prediction pod, by the way. So buck up for the suds, pal. We're getting in another pod before the game. Can I answer the miles? Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Um, miles, if you watch this film, uh, I don't think they. I mean, he played as a true freshman. I think they expected him to play. I. I, I mean, I think. Did they anticipate him being like the fourth back in history to do four thousand yard seasons in a row or five thousand yards? I don't know, but I think they uh, anticipated him playing early. Yeah. Uh, when is Jimmy's bedtime? When is your bedtime, pal? Right now? Yeah. Well, it ranges, man. It's you know, I like I like to be in bed before ten. That sounds good. I mean, if it, it could be right at nine, that's that's excellent. That's beautiful. And then he said, Ulafosio looks like the next great walk-on discuss. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. he, he caused two fumbles against the Beavs, right? Yeah. He did. Nice. Yeah, he's a stout guy. I was, I remember watching him, you know, run off the field. I think he wears 40, right? He has Mason Foster's number. Um... I was like, dang, that guy, who is that guy? I mean, he, he had a nice frame. Uh, he certainly didn't look like a walk-on. Um, he's built really well. I was uh, I was definitely impressed. I, I had could not figure out who he was. I had to go to the 
I had to go to the roster to figure it out. I was like, hmm, interesting. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's that guy who, um, you know, turns into something more than a walk-on special teams guy. Hard to know, though. We'll have to see more. We'll have to get more tape on him. Yeah. All right, brother, anything else you want to mention before we close up shop on this one? I don't do we did do we cover all the bases? Did did we just point out how you know that our um, insights are, are much better than the local media and we actually bring substance to matchups and we make good predictions. I mean Yeah, I mean me on prediction on the game, like I honest I how I felt about the game, I felt similar to the Stanford game in twenty sixteen where I was like, oh, thinking in my mind, like, this is such a huge game. I, it was hard for me to think logically. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those games where, you know, you know it's kind of a 50-50 game. But, you know, that's an example where the matchup really favored us. Right. But yeah, yeah dude, you, you, were, you were dialed in. And, and look, if, if the weather was a little bit better, I think the score would have been uh, fairly close to what you were predicting. And, and like I said, I mean, even with – had they – scored with Browning and, and Ahmed you know, Ahmed had punched in at the end I mean you're looking at 41 points you're looking at 41 points yeah you know I mean you're you know you don't give up the uh, the uh, you know the, the blocked extra point that got taken back for two they they, they could not they're yeah the, the, again the defense only gave up 13 points Right, and that's what I'm thinking. Right. For and, and the defense, the only touchdowns they gave up, Wazoo only had to drive yep. like 35 yards for one and 45 for the other. Exactly, and that was the point where I was saying, like, I couldn't understand the you know Washington's defense only gave up 16.6 points per game. Um, I just don't understand how they thought they were going to all of a sudden give up three times what they've yeah, been giving up on the year. It didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. And, you know, people that are doubting Jimmy Lake as a D coordinator, I mean, what what are you saying now? And now that we ha- we're getting a pass rush where Levi is really breaking out, he's dominant, and, and Joe Tryon, is a he's a legit pass rusher, that's giving us something that – we didn't have on this defense that we've been missing for a while. Right. And exactly. I don't want to go in too much into Utah, but I'll just two things and I'll let you have the last word. My two things would be Utah, as far as uh, their offensive line and giving up sacks and tackles for losses, they're not very good in those stats. They're so their offensive line is not, I mean, there, there's an opportunity there. And the other thing is, we like we just cannot give them short fields. Like if we make them have to drive the length of the field the whole game, they're not going to score a touchdown. They might right. be lucky exactly. to score one. Yep. Yep. That that that's that's the key, man. You you put the the offense against the Washington defense in a scenario where they got to go to the length of the field. I mean, you're going to take that every time. Anything else before we uh, stop recording, brother? Yeah, it just feels good. Feels, you know, that was a fun game. Had all the elements. I, I, I do, looking back, wish maybe I'd made the trek and and I'd braved the elements. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. 
it was a great, great victory. It felt good to stick it to the Cougs. I loved all the hearing, all the whining and the complaining and the crying uh, about the outcome. I mean, it's well, a good way to, to end the regular season. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, we got to get it done on Friday. Yeah, no, it's all. It's yep. Got to get it done. That's right. All right, I got to stop now. Bye. I got a bedtime too. Later. I got to put this together, actually. All righty. Go dogs, and uh, we'll have our prediction pod. I think we're going to set that up on Thursday, probably. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you again very soon. Go dogs. Go dogs.